Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a September 30th Friday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson a writer for BlazersEdge.com, and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back. It's Friday. The weekend is near. It's officially fall again. I know that happened last week, but like it's starting to, to feel like it, at least here in the, in the Portland area. Uh, I'm excited to get away for the weekend, um, but there's basketball to get to, and training camp and basketball never stop as you may have heard and the Blazers have had some noteworthy stuff going on uh, obviously they had media day this week you know Myers Leonard may be very very close to playing five on five once again he was cleared to play three on three there were several reports of him playing three on three up and down the court, full court, three on three. Uh, but um, all those same reports from all the guys that cover the beat extremely well, like Jason Quick and Casey Holdall and Joe Freeman, Mike Richmond, they uh, have all reported basically that while Leonard was in the three on three, still not five on five ready. Um, there are more variables to consider when someone is playing five on five as opposed to three on three. There's, you know, you mostly in three on three, everything is in front of you for the most part. Obviously, you know, there are little things, but most of the time you can pretty much keep, be aware of where everyone on the court is pretty much at all times. It's hard to get kind of surprised. And I think maybe uh, the Blazers are trying to get Leonard's awareness up in three this is just speculation but it would make sense for him to get his kind of feel in three on three situations a little bit more game awareness basketball awareness with you know the elite athletes that he's going to be playing with and then they'll you know then they'll I'm sure I'm sure five on five is close I would not be surprised if even you know maybe he's available for fan fest I don't know but you know if he's already playing three on three that means he's got to be close uh and it's good that he's already doing stuff with that shoulder that he injured at the end of last season, which caused him to miss the playoffs and, and, and the final stretch of the season. But Myers Leonard appears to be inching closer to a return, which is positive because earlier in the summer, you know, we'd heard that Myers from him, you know, he was hoping to be ready for the season opener, which, you know, uh, it's a, it's a great strategy 
to under promise and over deliver. And that's kind of what Leonard has done in this situation. He's kind of under promised the fact that he was going to return uh, and is now back sooner than most of us anticipated. And even he led us to believe Kevin Calabro kind of gave us a small update a couple of weeks ago or a month ago now, I guess, um, that he would be ready to go about the second week of training camp. So we'll, you know, that, that sounds like it, it's probably uh, going to happen because the second week of training camp is already almost here. Uh, traditionally, the Blazers will practice on a Saturday and, and they'll, you know, they'll have fan fest, but who knows with, you know, what they're going to do. I know it's training camp. They're trying to get guys in shape, but, you know, they've got fan fest and a preseason game back to back. So uh, it remains to be seen how they're going to approach uh, those days. But, they do have a real game coming up. Uh, I'm going to check out the uh, preseason game. They're going to be playing against the most hyped team in the Western Conference, the Utah Jazz, because they everyone thought they would be good last year, and then they got better uh, in the offseason by adding lots of good veterans to their team, George Hill, Boris Dio, Joe Johnson. they got a lot of young guys that a lot of people like, not just Rudy Gobert and Gordon Hayward, but, you know, you got Trey Lyles, who's an interesting player, and... Uh, actually, we, you know, we talked about that, uh, a couple times. We talked about that. We talked about the jazz a lot on this podcast because the Blazers are going to be seeing a lot of them. And, uh, of course, David Locke, the pod father of the locked on network is the play by play voice of the Utah jazz. But, uh, yeah, they're going to be playing the jazz. It'll be interesting to see how they look, uh, how the Blazers look, how the jazz look, uh, and, and how the Blazers approach the preseason game. Joe Freeman of the Oregonian did report some uh did a nice report on the starting small forward situation and uh Terry Stotts told Freeman that you know he plans to tinker with lineups he's going to mess around with start different starting lineups throughout the preseason that's what he's going to use the preseason for it's finding combinations who plays well with one another uh I'm paraphrasing here but this is mostly the this is the gist of what Stotts uh, said in the article by Joe Freeman about the small forward position starting battle and uh, so while he may start Mo Harkless or Evan Turner or Alan Crabb on Monday night, you can't take it to the bank any night. Who he, You can't take to the bank who he's going to start at all in any preseason game. You can't it's, – it's, you, you're not going to translate that to the regular season just yet. He's going to go through some lineups. Stotts is a tinkerer. He is a uh, guy who likes to mix and match and – you know, he experiments. And so, uh, expect him to do that. There's going to be different reports every night. I know this sucks a lot for mostly fantasy basketball players. Not really. I don't think if you're just a fan of the team, you really, you know, if you're just watching the team and you just want them to win, you know, I'm sure at this point you've probably, you know, Terry Stotts is, is pretty good at making all those decisions for the most part. He has been over the course of his career with the Blazers and the most frustrating it would be for this indecision, uh, this taking time to make a starting lineup. It's going to, you know, it's going to be hard for fantasy basketball players. We kind of talked about that a little bit when Josh Lloyd, the uh, host of locked on fantasy basketball was, on the podcast and the Blazers are going to be a mix and match team uh, outside of Lillard and McCollum and probably Aminu. It's going to be hard to, you know, really count on guys for, you know, the big counting fantasy stats because the minutes just may not be there for everybody. And uh, if you're drafting right now 
and the Blazers are starting Evan Turner, and you're like, they started Evan Turner in a preseason game last night. That's a sign that it's not. So um, if you are playing fantasy basketball, I would probably just stay away from most Blazers wings other than Aminu because Aminu is definitely going to play, but and he can give you that 3-4. Uh, I'm sure he'll they'll, they'll have him playing multiple positions, which will be a good fantasy basketball thing because you can slot him in different ways if you have a, a, a roster where you know, you're playing – you know, traditional, you know, the point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Uh, so he can he can definitely get you that. But other than Lillard, McCollum, and Aminu, I don't know who you would want on your fantasy team because uh, their contributions may be inconsistent and it won't be their fault because they're not going to be in control of their playing time. And the situations will call for other stuff. And the I'm interested to see who they start at small forward on Monday night, but I am not going to take it to the bank and neither should you. Uh, Another thing that I'm a little uh, skeptical about in terms of taking to the bank is the Mason Plumlee mid-range jumper, which is probably the development that I'm most intrigued by this off season, or at least this first week of training camp, I should say, because it was kind of, it was under wraps because Mason Plumley isn't a guy who talks a lot and at least to the media. And so it wasn't like something that, you know, was like people were leaking it before the season or anything like that. And, you know, yesterday, uh, some photos came out of the Blazers practice with Plumley shooting a mid-range jumper from uh, Sean Mager from Oregon Live. And Jason Quick has been on the story for Comcast Sportsnet about the Mason Plumley mid-range jumper. And I'll be there on Monday night, and I hope that Plumley gets a chance to, to shoot some mid-range shots. Uh, I... I don't know necessarily if it's a good idea, if it will end up being a positive, if it's something that he's going to, you know, kind of fall into or whatever. You know, I I don't want to make too many assumptions about it. I just want to see it. I just want to see what it looks like. I want to see if it – I mean the the, the still photos that have been posted on Twitter and on Oregon Live look like it's a decent shot. But um, at this point, it's kind of like a – Mason Plumlee's mid-range jumper is kind of like a Sasquatch or Bigfoot at this point. Like we see these photos, we we hear these things, but um, and the other thing too, uh, you know, unfortunately too about is that you know most of the the it, that's just how it, how the Blazers roll and how most teams roll is that the media isn't seeing the entire practice or most of it at all. You know, they're seeing thirty minutes of it, which is fine, but. You know, and 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 there have been people who have seen the Plumlee mid-range jumper, um, so that's a positive that you know it's not just something that he's talked about. People have seen it in action, but uh, how big of a part of this game is it going to be, and does this change Mason Plumlee as a player? Because I, I've been probably a little guilty of thinking that this is all that Plum like last year what he did, which was awesome and helped the Blazers get to the playoffs, helped them win a playoff series. I've been guilty of thinking that this is it. Like, this is Mason Plumlee. This is who he is. This is who he will always be. And he will only get worse from here, and he'll never get better. And really, I think I was kind of a little guilty of thinking that 
Because I feel like a lot of people, when you talk about players or, you know, especially in the NBA, you, you kind of think of them all as finished products, which is, you know, uh, you know, a whole other conversation. But I, I think Plumlee has shown, again, that even if you're, you know, you're in your mid-20s and, you know, players across the league have shown this, that even, you know, guys that are into their early 30s can really develop skills that will help them you know, help prolong their career because the way the league is going at some, you know, to, to, to get where you want to go as, as a team, you know, you got to have a lot of guys on the team that can do a whole bunch of different things. Not just, you know, you can have four and some of the best teams are going to have five, you know, you want three, four guys, maybe, and five guys, ideally that can pass, shoot, move, dribble a little bit, just just play the game so that you can't become predictable. And Mason Plumlee, if he adds that mid-range jumper, no longer becomes predictable because he was never a threat to score. I mean, he Plumlee was like a negative threat when he had the ball last year. And smart teams that had scouted the Blazers well would know that Plumlee was never looking to score. But it's hard for teams to also a lot of times it's hard for players to, you know, break, you know, instinctual habits. Like a guy has a ball and he's driving the lane. I got to protect the rim. I got to protect the paint because that's what a lot of the schemes call for. And then he would just make passes for three pointers or backdoor cutters or whatever, because he would draw the defense in by after catching the ball on a pick and roll dribbling down the lane. And then he causes problems for the defense. But smart teams would start to get wise to that. They wouldn't crash. They wouldn't suck in. And they wouldn't leave guys open so that Plumlee could find them. And now if he has this mid-range jumper, then you're talking about a situation where if they leave him out there, he can get two points. And then they'll have to start coming out on him if he starts to make that. And then he can continue doing what he does best and that's making plays for other guys off the dribble with nice passes, bounce passes, working from the high post. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Plumlee would get the ball in late game situations and, you know, kind of be the guy who's making decisions down the stretch because teams would blitz Lillard and McCollum. And if you watched the Blazers last year, you know that. And the fact that now Plumlee is going to, have the obviously has the trust and clearly uh, uh, you know from what we're hearing about what he's been doing in practice the confidence to take jumpers when they're given to him and then that would make the Blazers an even tougher team to guard in the fourth quarter because then you have a guy in Plumlee who can you know defense is the one area where all of the Blazers big men could really you know really just aren't there yet and again, this is another thing to remember, just like I was talking about with Plumlee's mid-range jumper or players learning other skills, you know, maybe they can get better at defense because most of their big men are really young and Festus Ely is a good defender, but he's not, there's no guarantee that he's going to be healthy. And if, if Plumley can, you know, figure out a way to, you know, continue to be a durable player, continue to be a guy that they can count on to play every night and late in games and make plays. And if he can hit that mid range jumper and if he could figure out a little way to be, you know, just a little bit more solid defensively, 
I mean, then you're talking about having two guys at center that are, you know, pretty good in Myers Leonard and Mason Plumley and Myers Leonard. If Leonard can continue to improve defensively, if Plumley can do that as well and bring all the skills that he brings to the table, um, the Blazers are going to have some great, uh, you know, they're going to have great play at center all year potentially. And then Ed Davis is just a rock. You know, you always know what you're going to get from him. And, I think the Mason Plumley mid-range jumper development is a very interesting one and one that I'm looking forward to seeing on Monday night to see, you know, how real that mid-range jumper is. I mean, this is the time training camp where positivity reigns and everyone is trying something new and they are positive about those new things. But of course, you know, the, the the regular season is a different animal, and once they get there, you know, players could fall back into the habits that, you know, got them where they are. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Plumlee's mid-range jumper. Will it be something that he uses throughout the season, that it becomes a weapon, or if it's, you know, just another one of those training camp stories that we've heard over the last few years that just kind of ends up, uh, you know, being unremarkable and nobody remembers it because nothing ever came from it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see the developments in Mason Plumlee's jumper. I think those are, it would be very important. And then it would, it would definitely improve Portland's um, overall outlook for the season and uh, would make me uh, feel good about where I think they're going to finish. I think they could finish as high as three. I think they'll probably finish in the top four. Uh, but I, I do think three is a possibility, and I think if Mason Plumley has a mid-range jumper to go along with all the other stuff that he does really well in that starting lineup, whether it's Harkless or uh, Crab or Turner who starts at the three, you know you got four guys there that you can really count on, and that's like, and that's your your core, and then you can just kind of, uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, it will matter, but. It won't matter as much, especially if Plumlee can really step his game up the way that a, a consistent mid-range jumper could. If it, a consistent mid-range jumper is is a door opener for Plumlee, and you know, uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see that that type of player if, if he can be that type of player. So, uh, Blazers start the preseason on Monday. Training camp is underway. There's been some other injuries out there. Jake Lehman has been held out. Uh, Noah Vonley has been on a stationary bike. They, uh, so, you know, they've had little injuries here and there. Festus Azili not, uh, active in training camp just yet. Uh, so those are the injuries, the 15th man spot, as I've mentioned a couple times on the pods, uh, on pod is an open battle and we're not going to know anything about that probably for a month because, you know, they'll do some cuts probably, uh, in after the first round of preseason games, and then they'll make final cuts towards the end of the preseason before the regular season begins. And yeah, uh, that's, that's about it, uh, for, for the Blazers this week. Uh, one rule change for the NBA that does kind of affect them. I wrote about this for Blazers edge on Thursday. And that is that the NBA is going to allow real time video on the benches, uh, that was reported by USA Today's Jeff Zilgit. And basically what that means is that teams will now have access to video on the bench and they will be allowed hardwired like Ethernet connections on the bench. 
and that's different now because what they used to do is they used to have you know the Blazers. It was a big deal a few years ago. The Blazers have all the players have iPads and they could watch video clips of the guys that they're guarding before the game or you know or how people are going to guard them or whatever. And then also one of the things that they were doing was in game. You know, players would LaMarcus Aldridge was a huge proponent of this, where he would watch how teams are guarding him, how, where they're sending their double teams from, et cetera, on the bench. And the process for that would be a team employee would have to manually upload those video clips and then have some and then a team employee would then have to walk out that iPad to the player who wanted to watch them. And now there will be no walking out of clips. The clips will be available on the bench so players can get, you know, an iPad or whatever or whatever they are going to look at these plays through directly from a team employee who is sitting on the bench rather than in a video room in the locker room. So um, the Blazers are pretty open to uh, embracing technology. Uh, They have been under the Neil Olshay era. You know, they had a new, they got a new training staff, which is all about, you know, using technology, preventative medicine, all that stuff. They use the, you know, the monitors that everyone uses, the heart rate monitors. And uh, they use, uh, they use the iPads earlier than most teams. So uh, I'm I'm sure that the Blazers will at least, you know, try to incorporate this. But I'm really interested to see, you know, to what extent these uh, rules will change things and how it will change the the process of coaching and in-game adjustments and things of that nature. But uh, I guess that's a, a conversation for another day. Uh, we are wrapping up for the week. We will be back again on Monday. I will be at the Blazers' first preseason game, but we'll have a pod before then. Uh, and the Blazers have Fan Fest this Sunday, so if you and that's always a free event. So if you want to head down there, go to Fan Fest. It's kind of the start of the season. It's it's a scrimmage, but um, you know you get to see everybody. You know, all the players are back. It's kind of a sign that you know everybody's getting things moving again towards uh, another season. So yeah, Fan Fest Sunday, then uh, preseason game Monday against the Utah Jazz at the Moda Center. So uh, we'll be back next week. Follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Gunderson. Follow the podcast at Locked on Blazers. And if you have any questions or things you want me to talk about on the podcast, you can send me an email or send the podcast an email at LockedOnBlazers at gmail.com. And we will catch up with you next week. Thanks for joining us. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.